This is the Ford Theater, an hour of radio drama presented by the Ford Motor Company, makers of Ford, Mercury, and Lincoln cars, and Ford trucks, farm tractors, and motor coaches. Today's play, a Ford Theater original. It's a gift. May we present as spokesman for the Ford Theater, the distinguished producer, playwright, and actor, co-author of Life with Father and State of the Union, Mr. Howard Lindsay. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Today's original play, It's a Gift, by Lee Bloomgarden, is a comedy with a new idea. During the hour ahead, you will meet Grover, an earnest young man with a burdensome gift. Also, sundry inhabitants of a penny arcade, various advertising men, housewives, politicians, crooks, a weeping ferry boat captain, and a horse named Mabel. It's that sort of a play. And it's called It's a Gift. It begins in a veteran's hospital not far from Wapakoneta, Ohio. One fine spring morning, a young man named Grover Douglas sits up in bed and speaks to his doctor. But, Doc, you've got to do something about this ear. I've told you before, Grover, when that piece of shrapnel hit you while you were in service, it evidently affected your inner ear. The canals and fluids in the inner ear give people their sense of balance. It's uh, not urgent, but an operation on your ear would relieve you. Oh, I don't want any operation. Frightened? Well, sure, I'm frightened, but I'm worried, too, Doc. I get these dizzy spells. For instance, at the staff dance Saturday night, I, I got so dizzy I almost fell down. Well, son, most people get dizzy when they spin around. Yeah, but once I start, I don't seem to come out of it. I've told you what to do. Just concentrate. Well, that's just it, Doc. That's when the trouble begins. It's when I'm concentrating that awful things happen. What do you mean? You see, whatever I'm concentrating on affects other people. The thought I'm concentrating on becomes their thought. <laughs> really? Why don't you try it on me? Oh, no, Doc. I I don't want that to happen again. Why, once in the Navy, I was seasick and I concentrated, and the first thing you know, the captain was standing alongside of me helping to swab the deck. It, it scares me. <clears throat> well, Grover, since you won't accept surgery, uh, what I suggest is a few weeks' vacation. Why don't you take a trip? Relax. Forget about this nonsense. And above all, enjoy yourself. Hi, Grover. Hello, Burley. Enjoying this trip of yours? Ah, New York's a nice place to visit, but I'm getting a little bored with it. Uh-huh. But weren't for this penny arcade, I don't think I'd hang around much longer. What machine are you going to try today, Grover? Well, I thought I'd look into that grip tester. Yeah, that's... Oh, Burley. excuse me, Grove, I gotta go. Oh, that's all right, Burley. Burley. Hello, Billy Lou. Have a nice lunch. Hamburger. Where's Eddie? He's up front on the phone. Came in about five minutes ago. Hey, I thought he was gonna eat with you. He was, but the bookies had first call on him. <laughs> Eddie'd rather play than eat. The way he picks them, he can't do both. Well, if we're gonna make an honest dollar for Mr. Cy Howard and his Penny Arcade Corporation, it's about time to start selling that hair tonic again. All right, all right. Come on, you two. Let's get started. We're waiting for you, Eddie. Okay. Uh, got your harmonica ready, Burley? Sure. Put your wig on, Billy Lou. I'll go up on a platform and start the pitch. 
Hey, uh, folks, come right over here. Come right over. Come over. Come over. A free show. No admission, no charge. Step right over here for a free demonstration of sensational feminine pulchritude, womanly beauty, and sheer gorgeous loveliness. Let's go, Mom. That's it. Come right on closer. That's it. Come right on right here. Yes, sir, folks, you're going to see a free exhibition of beauty that you will never forget. And the demonstration of the phenomenal powers of Samson's scalp tonic, the sensational new hair grower. What are you waiting for, Barley? Somebody to put a nickel in your mouth? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and now, folks, you're going to see the most amazing, the most spectacular, the most exotic dance you ever saw. Distilled from the dances of maidens all over the world. From China, from France, from the high wall harems of Constantinople. And here she is, folks. Here she is. The girl with the most beautiful head of hair in America. Yes, sir, look at that hair. Look at it. Clear down to her hips. Now, ain't that beautiful? And you know why? Samson's scalp tonic, the atomic hair grower. That's enough dancing, Billy Lou. Sit right down here where the folks can see your hair real close. Now I'm going to tell you what the doctors won't tell you about your hair. What your hair needs is certain natural oils. That's the secret ingredient of Samson's... Scalp honey. This little girl here once had ordinary, mousy-looking hair. Oh! Oh! Hey, cut that out, will you? I can't help it. Something's going wrong with this machine. I'm stuck. The electricity's getting me dizzy. Burley, get over there and shut that nut up or turn off the machine or something. Yeah, sure, Reddy. Keep going. I can have your attention. What's the matter, Grover? I'm stuck, Burley. I think there's a short circuit in this grip tester. I I can't pull my hand off. Well, stop jumping around for a minute. I'll I'll, I'll pull out the plug. There. Oh... Thanks. Gosh, I'm dizzy. I better concentrate. Boy, Grover, you were shaking like a pair of dice. Yeah? Go on, sit down in that photograph booth for a minute. Concentrate all you want. That's what Samson's scalp tonic does. This secret blend of natural... Uh, this secret blend of, of, of natural... Samson... Oh! No, it's a break. A plain break. It's just driving those people out. Billy Lou, I swear, I don't know why I said it. All of a sudden, I, I, I felt like I had to, and the words just come out of my mouth. You expect me to believe that? Then I must be going nuts. What kind of an anger would make me want to lose my job? Hey, you. You in that photograph booth. Outside, the place is closed. I know. I, I stayed behind purposely. I, I'm very sorry about what happened. But who are you? I'm Grover. I know how you and your wife must feel, mister. Don't make things worse, kid. I'm not his wife. Well, I didn't mean to make you do what you did just now. It was an accident. Hey, Billy Lou, run out and find a policeman. This guy just escaped. No. Wait a minute. What do you mean? Well, I made him do Why it. Why, you but... punk, you could make me eat if I was starving. Eddie. You say you made him do it? You see, 
when I get dizzy, I've, I've got to concentrate. And when I concentrate, well, I can make people do anything I want. It's, it's like telepathy. Philip, what kind of bourgeois are you trying to hand me? I don't know, Eddie. At least this is some sort of an explanation, unless you just went crazy before. Well, why'd you pick on me, Buster? I didn't want to, but... Well, you see, I know that tonic of yours is a fake. I bought a bottle of it last night. Are you from the Better Business Bureau or something? Quiet, Eddie. Go on, mister. Well, when that grip tester machine got a short circuit, it made me dizzy. I heard you talking, and I concentrated on the idea that it was a fake, and... Well, I wish it hadn't happened. I'm sorry. I lose my job, and you wish it hadn't happened. I become the laughingstock of the street, and you're sorry. Why, you stupid half-wit, I ought to slug your teeth through the back of your head. Eddie, stop it. You just don't understand. Eddie, this boy is a miracle. He's crying. Maybe he's telling the truth. Use your head. If he can do this, do you think what he can do to other people? So what? It's a switcheroo, a twist on the old mind reading. Oh, you dumb half-wit. Opportunity knocks, and you're taking a shower. Hmm? Can't you see? He can make people think any way he wants. Oh, yeah. Now try that spot. I'm sorry about Eddie, but he's got a temper like the homebrew my father used to make. Oh, that's all right. I guess I played a pretty dirty trick on him, miss. Oh, let's not be so formal. I'm Billy Lou Watson. I'm awfully glad to meet you. You took a peculiar way of doing it, Mr. Grover. Grover Douglas. This is my partner, Eddie Honus. I'm sorry I lost my head before, kid, but you know... uh... That guy don't like to be laughed at. Well, I'd like to make it up to you somehow. Oh, you would? Uh, <clears throat> well, uh, uh, what are you doing with this uh, gift? You can't just use it for politics. Oh, I don't want to use it at all. Huh? Why not? You can do anything. You can be one of the greatest men in the world. Sure, you can make a fortune. How? Well, for crying out loud, a million ways. Well, I don't know. It doesn't sound ethical. We can do it ethically, too. Well... Did you ever see water running from a faucet nobody's using it? Yeah. Did you ever see a light burning in a house and it's broad daylight? That's waste. And that's what you'd be doing with this gift. Well, you may be right. I wouldn't be honest if I didn't tell you that I thought of using it somehow, too. Then why don't you string along with us? You look like a good, sweet guy, Grover, but I don't think you've been around much. We've been through the mill. We know what the score is. We'll find ways of using this gift and making you a big success. And the way you want it, too. Ethical. What do you say, Grover? Well, it sounds tempting. Hey, I got an idea. Grover, would it be ethical to work this thing on the horses? You know, tell them how to run. Grover doesn't think like a horse. Yeah, but we got to think of something for bankroll so we can go after the big time. Hey, wait, wait a minute. I got it. Listen, this gift may not work on horses, okay? But it sure will work on the horse players. Tomorrow afternoon, we'll all go down to the race. <laughs> They're leaving the paddock. They're entering the track for the fifth race. For crying out loud, we're going to miss it if you keep arguing. Even I understand it, Grover. If you keep the people from betting, you'll be doing them a favor. Well, I'm still not sure it's right, Mr. Burley. Oh, look, I'll tell it you again, quick. This horse, Stable Mabel, she's so fast, the others will have to run in relays to catch her. Now, if everybody bets on her, she won't pay nothing. But if only a few of us hold tickets on the horse and she wins, we collect the fortune. That's where you come in. Keep the people from betting on Stable Mabel. Then the odds will go up? That's right, Grover, and we'll make some dough. The people that don't bet on it, they don't lose nothing. Wait a minute, Eddie. What? Suppose she loses. She can't lose. It's been known to happen, Eddie. It can't. I stayed up all last night figuring out every angle, including the owner's income tax. <laughs> Come on, Grover. Stop getting dizzy, huh? Well, all right, I'll try. Uh, I wish I had as much faith in me as you have. Um, 
Oh, I just thought of something. Now what? How do you want me to put the thought? Tell them not to bet on number three. What about Stable Mabel? No, number three, you bet by numbers. All right, number three. Don't bet on number three, horse. You getting dizzy? Not yet. Mm -hmm. Sort of embarrassing turning around like this. Uh, What'll people think if they see me? Nothing if you don't start spinning. Uh, You want I should play a tune, Grover, like you was dancing? All right, Burley. I'll help, too. You, Billy Lou? I'll dance with you, if you don't mind. Don't bet on number three. Don't bet on number three, horse. Don't bet on number three. Don't bet on number three, horse. Don't bet on number three. Don't bet on number three. Boy, oh boy, is this working. Look at those people trying to get bets down in Stable Mabel and wondering why they can't. Eddie, don't you think you should place our bets? Ah, oh, we've got time, Billy Lou. I want to look at those beautiful odds. Ten to one and going up. Get the tickets now. Okay, okay. Waltz me around again, Willie. Waltz me here. Oh, hi there, bud. Hey, give me 200 bucks worth of tickets. Give me 20 tickets on number... I want... Billy Lou! What? Call him off. Get him to stop. I can't get the back down. All right, Eddie. Don't bet on number three. Grover. Don't bet on number three. It's me, Grover. It's Billy Lou. Don't concentrate anymore. That's right, baby. Stop now. Take it easy. Ah! Three! Number three! Twenty tickets on number three! Thanks, bud. The betting windows are closed. The race is about to start. The horses are at the Oh, table. you had me scared there, Eddie. You were scared. I just made it in time. Did you get the bet down? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I forgot all about Clover. I knew about him, but I forgot him. Hey, look at that board. She closed at 20 to 1. Are you all right, Grover? Uh, just a little dizzy. Come back in there. They're steady. They seem to be in position now. They're off. Hot luck jumps into the lead. Then comes Stable Mabel, Joseph's Reward, and Landmark. They're racing for the far turn, the port of home, Potluck's Baby. Now Landmark's coming up. Where's that horse of yours? Oh, come on, you Stable Mabel. Come on, you gorgeous thing. Joseph's Reward, Stable Mabel, Landmark, and Potluck fall length behind. Now they're rounding the turn. Come Stable on. Mabel makes come her on. She moves up inside Joseph's Reward, and here they come, pounding down the come stretch. On. It's Stable Mabel all the way. She's widening the distance, and here's the finish. Stable Mabel by four lengths wins. And Joseph's reward, landmark one race back, and potluck. Oh, can I pick him or can I pick him? Silver, you're a wonder. Let me shake your hand. How did you do it? Oh, it's a gift. We're in. We're in. 200 bucks at 20 to 1. That's... that's $4,000. Real money. Better invite him. And you did it, Grover. Gee, I don't know what to say. I, I'm somebody. You're wonderful. Look out, big time. Here we come. <laughs> During rehearsal this afternoon, we all got to talking and thinking of the useful and profitable employment we ourselves could find for Grover and his amazing gift. Some of the schemes were quite fantastic, I can assure you. 
But while Grover is resting up, let us turn the microphone over to another young man who does not whirl or spin. All he wants of you is your attention as he speaks for the Ford Motor Company. Kenneth Banghart. Many months ago, a group of men was given a great assignment. The men were automotive experts, engineers, stylists, artists, and technicians, whose knowledge, ability, and imagination had been proven outstanding. The assignment came from the Lincoln Mercury Division of the Ford Motor Company, and it was a big one. The group of experts was given the assignment of planning and creating the newest and finest cars America had ever produced. It was the kind of task an automotive engineer or stylist dreams about. The opportunity to do his finest work without restrictions. And there were no restrictions. All the old ideas, plans, and blueprints were discarded. Completely new cars were to be created. New from road to roof. New power plant, new body, new style, new comfort, new performance. The newest and finest. The group went to work with enthusiasm. And as the months passed, the new cars began to grow out of their plans and dreams and work. They designed and redesigned, invented and improved, tested and developed, rejected and approved. Every part that went into the automobile must be proven. Each part must work in perfect harmony with all the others. And the overall performance must be outstanding. The styling must be breathtaking. The new cars must be completely new cars. That task is almost completed now. The new cars those men have worked on for so long are almost ready. Soon, these great new cars will be appearing on the streets and highways of America, bringing completely new beauty, new performance, new luxury to the world of automobiles, new meaning to the term fine car. Soon you'll be seeing them, the finest product of a fine manufacturer, the two completely new Lincolns. Yes, there will be two new Lincolns in two separate price ranges. And when you see the two completely new Lincolns, you will know nothing could be finer or newer. Lincoln. The second act of It's a Gift will be heard after a brief pause for station identification. second act of It's a Gift, continuing the curious career of Grover, the sterling character from Wapakoneta, on the loose in a great city containing many characters who do not bear the sterling stamp. Scene, a hotel switchboard. Hotel Ragmore, good morning. Grover Enterprises, one moment, I'll connect you with their suite. Yeah? Early for four days, I've been telling you, don't say yeah, say Grover Enterprises. Well, I'm sorry, Eddie, I forgot. You want to call me again? But don't hang up. I've got a million things to do. How's Grover? Fine, I just beat him in checkers. Let me talk to him. Okay. Grover, Eddie, I don't think he wants to go to the racetrack again. Can I help it if the horses lose? Say, Burley, I want to ask you something. Yeah. Is he happy? Well, I don't know. I'll ask him. No, you dope. Put him on. Yeah, all right. Here, Grover. Hello, Eddie. How you doing, Grover boy? You feeling okay? Well, I'm getting a little tired of hanging around. And I wish you'd stop sending all that milk up here and those exercise bells and chest expansion stuff. I'm not a weightlifter. Well, I want you to be in the pink. That concentrating's a strain on you. But now we're really in. You know who's coming to see you this morning? Who? George P. Donovan, the biggest of the big. Mr. Wall Street himself. That sounds good. What does he want me to do? I don't know, but he'll make you a millionaire. Hey, where's Billy Lou? 
She's over at Admiral Mills seeing the head advertising man. What for? They make grubbies. Oh, yeah? Say, we're going to be so rich. Five cents for the next five minutes, please. Take it easy, operator. The way things are going now, by next week, I may buy the telephone company. Miss Watson, we can never sell enough grubbies. It's more than a breakfast cereal. Grubbies are a way of life. There are vitamins sprinkled on every flake. Grubbies are good for you. Grubbies start the day with a bang. Go to the store right now and ask for a package of grubbies, please. I know, Mr. Merlin. I've heard your radio show. You have a lot of them, don't you? The tenth largest advertising budget in the country. And what do you get for all that money? Just a few minutes of commercial time on each program that people may or may not hear. And if they do, they may or may not go out and buy grubbies. Well, we can't force them. But Grover can. When you buy an hour of Grover's time, you get a solid hour of irresistible commercial. It's incredible. All of these things you've told me this morning are incredible. Uh, uh, how far can he... Uh, well, uh, what's his range? We guarantee a minimum of 200 yards. 200 yards? Yes. Well, well uh, how do you suggest we try it? Pick a neighborhood. Any neighborhood. Grover will get in the car and drive up one street and down the next, concentrating on a sales message to make people go to the store right that minute and buy grubby. You sure this will work? If it doesn't, there will be no charge. If it does, I'm sure you'll want to sign a contract. Well, I suppose all I can do is try. I'll select a district and arrange for a car. Will tomorrow morning be all right? Fine. I still can't believe it. Everybody eating grubbies. Young woman, do you realize what this means if it's true? Your Mr. Grover will do to advertising what the gasoline engine did to the horse. Your move, Grover. I don't feel like playing checkers anymore, Burling. Hey, did I hurt your feelings? I'll give you back that last king. Huh? Oh, no, it's not that. I was just thinking. I walked past the store window one day and saw Billy Lou dancing. Now here I am sitting in a strange hotel room waiting for... I don't know what. What are you worrying about? When things work out, you can give the Rockefeller boys dimes. I wonder what she really thinks of me. Probably like a valuable trained bear or something. You mean Billy Lou? Yeah. Oh, are you kidding? I never seen her act so nice to nobody like she does to you. Oh, that's not so. Oh, I'll tell you what. You you want proof? Yeah. All right. Make a pass at her. Now, if you're like all the other guys, she'll haul off on you. If she likes you, she'll kiss you back. Oh, I couldn't do that. Why not? Well, I couldn't, that's all. I guess I'm afraid to kiss her. How do you like that? Here you are with the gift. You can make anybody do anything, but when it comes to yourself, you... Hey. Hey, why don't you try it on yourself, huh? Spin around, go into the old routine, and convince yourself to do it. You think so? Sure to work. I bet it will. Stand back and give me room. That's the ticket. Might as well have a little fun out of life. Kiss Billy Lou. Gotta kiss Billy Lou. Don't be afraid. Gotta kiss Billy Lou. That's no use, Burley. What's the matter? Won't work. I can't convince myself. Oh, maybe it wasn't such a good idea, but it shows you're a nice guy. And I can't even get up the nerve to kiss a girl I think about all the time. Darn this ear. My life used to be so simple. Billy Lou! What kind of a crazy wild wolf pack hotel is this? When we get up to the floor, the elevator operator suddenly tries to kiss me. A complete stranger throws his arms around me. Five other people tried to kiss me. I had to fight my way down the hall. 
I forgot to say I should do it. What's that, Grover? Uh, nothing. When they start crawling out of the woodwork like that old geezer in 2113, that's where I draw the line. Well, maybe, maybe they didn't mean it. Huh? You should have seen them. This was a new dress. Look at it now. For goodness sakes, how do you like Hi, is that Mr. Donovan come yet? Uh, no, Eddie. Hello, Grover. Hi. Hey, Billy Lou, what happened to you? I tried out for the Dodgers. <laughs> well, let's get this place cleaned up. He ought to be here any minute. Who? George P. Donovan. What's he got? The potato peeler concession on 42nd Street? Are you crazy? He's Wall Street. Railroads, oil, steamships. The big promoter. Never heard of him. I'll tell him to put an ad in a racing form. He's big. Mixed up in politics, newspapers, international trade. Eddie, I thought you might like to know. I lined up that grubby thing. No kidding. Demonstration tomorrow morning, Grover. He'll call us. That's swell, Billy Lou. And, Grover, you should have seen him when he heard about you. If this thing works, we're going to sign him to a $15,000 contract. Yeah? Who? Oh, yeah, okay. Who is it? Donovan's on his way up. Well, come on, let's get this joint cleaned up. Uh, Burley, pick up those checkers. Yeah. Yours. Billy Lou, do you think we ought to leave this candy box open or closed? Who are you expecting, Lana Turner? No cracks. This thing goes through, it'll make that grubby's deal look like chicken feed. Barley, move that card table. Take it in there. All right. Say, all can right. I help? No, 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 no. Sit right where you are, Grover. No need for you to get yourself winded, boy. Another kids. <clears throat> Won't you come in, Mr. Donovan? I am delighted you were able to arrive. Thank you, Eddie. Well, are these uh, your friends? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, some cigars, Mr. Candy? <laughs> Mr. Donovan, uh, uh, this is uh, Billy Lou Watson, uh, Mr. Donovan. How do you do? Well, you didn't tell me you had such a beautiful helpmate. And this is our genius. This is Grover. So this is Grover. Well, I've been looking forward to meeting you. Thank you, sir. Well, you look modest. Well, that's good. <clears throat> Well, I suppose you're all waiting for me to lay my cards on the table, so to speak. That's always a good way to begin. My boy, that's the only way. If you're not going to be honest with a man, don't do business with him. That's my principle. <clears throat> well, now, uh, I neither believed nor disbelieved Eddie here when he told me about you, Grover. But uh, could you uh, give me a, a demonstration of these uh, these extraordinary powers? Sure. No, Eddie. Huh? You see, Mr. Donovan... It's a strain on Grover, and I don't want him to do it unless it's absolutely necessary. But you can come with us tomorrow morning and watch him sell that breakfast cereal, Gubby. Yeah, that's going to be some show, Mr. Donovan. That'll convince you. Well, I didn't know that anyone else had an option on these, uh, these services. We haven't signed any papers yet, Mr. Well, Donovan. that's fine, fine. And before we do, I'd like to ask you a question. Certainly. What do you want with Grover? Well, I have many interests, young lady, and they're identical with the interests of our country. I can see where Grover's power can be put to a very great use. This gift of your son must be used to help people. Yes, uh, but we'll talk about that later. After tomorrow's demonstration, Miss Watson. And Grover, if this gift had to be given to someone, I'm glad it was given to a serious young man like yourself. Well, I don't know. I think Eddie would enjoy it more than I do. I'll join it now. See you tomorrow, then. Yeah, right, Mr. Donovan. Goodbye. Still don't know what he wants. Ah, you're always suspicious. Hey, let's get on and eat. What's the use of making dough if you got to go hungry? No, thanks. What about you, Grover? No, thanks. Farley, come on. I'll flip you to see who pays. But you never give me any money, Eddie. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I bet Eddie makes Burley buy his own necktie before they reach the elevator. Well, if you feel that way about him, why do you go around with him? Eddie? Oh, I don't know. Look, Billy Lou, I've got to talk to you. Hmm? Now, don't make fun of me. Maybe I'm not as bright as I should be. 
I know I fall for everything. My first day in the Navy, they told me to go up to the captain and ask him for the cannon report, and I did. <laughs> but somehow, I'd rather be made a fool of than go around fooling other people. You know what I mean? Not exactly, Grover. Well, there's me and the gift. Now, they're two separate things. Why? You have it. Why are you being so nice to me? That's one thing I don't want to be fooled on. Is it because of me or the money I can make? Stop it, Grover. I've got to know. Look how happy you've been the last few days. Is it because you can buy new dresses and things like that? You think I'm digging gold? Is that it? Look, Grover, why do you think I was dancing for a living in that arcade? Who do you think has always paid my way? Me! If you think there's anything wrong with me wanting to buy a few things... Oh, please don't get angry. I don't mean it the way it sounded, but I just had to ask. Why don't you whirl around then, get dizzy, and make me tell the truth if you don't believe me? Oh, I couldn't do that to you. No, but you can... Oh, I ought to walk out right this minute. Except I... Well, I... I owe it to Grubbies and all those nice people that are going to buy it tomorrow morning. Buy a box of Grubbies. Grubbies. Go to the store and get a box of Grubbies. Concentrate good Grubbies. Grubbies. Make him buy Leave him alone, Eddie. He's doing all right. Hey, Burley, turn down this street right here to the right. We want to cover this whole neighborhood. Okay, Eddie. Hey, hey, I can't. So matter with you, Burley? Can't you drive straight? I can't help it, Eddie. I'm the same like anybody else. I want to get some grubbies, too. Grubbies, please. Give me a package of grubbies. Now, you'll have to get in line there, lady. Oh, oh, good morning, Mrs. Phillips. How is your husband? I hear he came home last night full of grubbies. I've got to get a box of grubbies. I've just got to get another box please, of grubbies. Please, give me another package. I'm sorry, grubbies, folks. Please. Folks, that's all there is. We're all clean They will they will write this day down in the history books. They'll call it Grubby's Day. Give me like a holiday, Billy Lou. Grover, I want to thank you. Oh, that's all right, Mr. Merlin. Oh, you don't understand. It's what I've dreamed of all my life. There wasn't a child of three who didn't toddle to the store for Grubby's. Grover, you're irresistible. You're telling me. I bet you they must have sold five billion boxes. I'll get them. No, it gets me sore. What, Eddie? Uh, I had to buy this stuff, too. I couldn't help it. Got a thousand boxes here. What are we doing all this junk? They're not junk. They're grubbies. Eat them. They're good for you. Vitamins. Okay, okay, Mr. Merlin. It's for you, Mr. Merlin. Both. Me? Oh, thank you. How are you feeling, Grover? Well, a little dazed, but wonderful. It wasn't as hard as I expected. Next time you get dizzy, Grover, try to keep your eyes open. Oh, you should have seen it. The people came running right out of their house. Remember that dame with the pants? Yeah. She never knew what hit her. I've just been talking to my sales manager. Every store in the district is completely sold out. Grover, I'm going to change our slogan in honor of you. I'm going to call it Grubbies, the cereal you can't resist. Oh, that's fine, Mr. Merlin. Uh, now, how about the contract? Definitely. For 15,000 bucks. 50, uh, what? If you don't want it, we'll go over to Corn Plenty's. All right, all right, don't be rash. I'll, uh, uh, I'll have the papers ready to sign in the morning. Oh, oh there's just one little thing. It's... Uh, sort of personal, but I wonder whether you'd all be my guests for dinner next Friday. You see, it's my wife's birthday, and she's sure to ask for a mink coat. Well, uh, that comes under the nature of benefit performances. <clears throat> we'll have to take that up some other time. Oh, yes, yes. Well, I really feel a little upset as well as happy. Grover, 
Today marks the end of advertising as we know it. I can't even predict the result. Well, Donovan sent his way up. Wonder what he'll say. Probably ask for some grubbies. You know this stuff itches? I'm positively crawling with grubbies. Well, it's all vitamins, Billy Lou. Next time, why don't we try selling perfume? Come in. Mr. Uh, Donovan. Uh, Mr. Uh, Donovan. Uh, let me sit down. I, I'm exhausted. Did you see it? Were you there? Look. Look at my pockets. They're bulging with grubbies. Well, what do you think now? Let me congratulate you, Grover. You're potentially the greatest man in the country. I might say the world. Well, it's not me. It's, well, it's the gift. You may be glad to know that we're going to get a contract out of that demonstration, Mr. Donovan. Eh? $15,000 just for selling grubbies 15 minutes a day. No, you're not going to waste this tremendous gift on a cheap commercial little product like grubbies. What's cheap? About 15000 bucks. I'm glad I decided to come right up here. Now listen to me, all of you. This is not meant as criticism, but I've had more experience than you. Do you realize what will happen tonight? How do you mean? Why, the papers will carry a little story, perhaps only a mention of what happened. After all, I don't know how many thousands of people suddenly found themselves buying grubbies. But that's news. Well, what about it? Well, if you go through with your grubbies contract causing these demonstrations to be held every day, why, why the publicity will become an avalanche. Well, little fame never hurt anybody. But don't you see, people don't want to be forced into buying anything. Even, or should I say, especially grubbies. There'll be a tremendous public reaction against this form of selling, which means against you yourself, Grover. The people will demand that injunctions be made out against you, writs, orders, even laws. And that means you'll never be able to use the gift again. Hey, I never thought of that. But grubbies are a good, healthy food. Son, it wouldn't make any difference if it were penicillin. What can we do? Here we were sailing along and you go and pull the plug out. Now, 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 it's... It's not that bad. It's just that the gift can't be used in any spectacular fashion, but used every once in a while in a private, quiet way. It can obviously be of tremendous importance. But do you have any ideas how, Mr. Thomas? Yes, I have. Working for you? Uh, not exactly, Grover. It will be for the public good. What do we get out of it? A good deal, Eddie. I'd like Grover's services one week from today, and because there are certain commitments that I'll have to make to other people... I want Grover to sign this contract, agreeing to use his gift in a manner that I will designate. To do what? Uh, well, I can't tell you yet, son. It's uh, government work of a sort and very secret. But I can assure you there's no personal profit in it for me. You want me to sign to do something I don't know about? What? Well, that's what we call buying a pig and a poke back oh, home. Oh, well, now I think you'll find my reputation is a good one, Grover. Presidents have relied on me in the past, and so can you. Uh, but uh, I have another inducement, because this is a matter very close to my own heart, and I can afford it. I will pay you $100,000 for the day. $50,000 now and $50,000 after you have used the gift. $100,000? Yes. There ain't that much money. Sign it, Grover. Sign it. But I don't know what it's for. It's for 100000 bucks. What do you say, Billy Lou? Well, we, we could... Put a clause in there, couldn't we, about not being harmful to life, limb, or property? Why, yes, yes, of course. Uh, but uh, before you sign it, Clover, you understand that you're giving your word. Sign it, kid, sign it. If you're worried about it, Grover, we could think it over for a day or so. No, don't wait, Clover. Just a little signature. We'll live in Clover, just like I promised you. Well, what do you think, Billy Lou? I don't know, Grover. It's a lot of money. All right. But... Uh, <clears throat> 
There you are. And here you are. Here's your check. The first of many fees to come. Uh, who gets it? Mm, uh, I'll take... Billy lose the treasure of this outfit, Eddie. Thank you, Mr. Donovan. I hope it's all going to be for the best. Hey, you know what? These grubbies taste good. You can eat them. They even sound good, Burley. Grover, I'm so happy I could kiss you. Hey. I've been wanting to do that for a week. Hey, you see, Grover, it worked just like I told you. Now she's kissing you. Burley, keep quiet. What worked? What are you talking about? I, uh, I shouldn't have said nothing. Uh, have, have some grubbies? But you did say something. Now, what happened? What worked? Well, uh, it's n- nothing to get upset about. Tell me, Burley. Tell me. <sighs> well, yesterday we was talking, Billy Lou, and he was wondering how you felt about him, and he wanted to kiss you, and... Well, it was my fault. I, I told him to do it. Do what? Use the gift on himself to make him kiss you. But but it didn't work so good. You used the gift on me, Grove? No, on myself. But it was about me. You made me kiss you just now? You know me better than that, Billy Lou. I wouldn't do that to you in a million years. I'm not so sure. You want me to love you, don't you? Sure, but and I... And I do. Maybe that's why I've been fighting so hard against you. Because you're forcing me to love you. Well, of course not. Maybe it's unconscious. No, no. How would you know? I know every time I come near you, I get a little dizzy. Maybe that happens to you. Do you get dizzy when I'm close to you? Yeah. No! Well, I mean, that's only natural. Not with you, it isn't. Honey, it's not true. I swear it's not. But even if it is, what difference does it make... People love each other for all kinds of reasons. No, don't touch me. Stay away. Oh, darling, I do love you, but I just can't stand the idea of you making me do it. I'm scared. Would it be better if I didn't like you? No, yes, I don't know. Oh, this would happen to me. Billy Lou, the independent hooper. I used to boast that nobody could make me do a thing I didn't want to. Now look. Oh, darling, what can I do? Nothing. You can't help it. I've got to figure this out my own way. Take care of him, Burley. See that he drinks his milk. So, where are you going? I don't know. Away, I guess. I've got a sister in New Jersey that has an extra room. I've got to think things over for a while. Billy Lou! Take it easy, kid. (laughs) Can't stop eating these grubbies. Take it easy. Take it easy. Do what Eddie says and I'll have everything I want. I'll be living in clover. Grover. I'm sorry, Burley. It's not your fault. It's his darn gift. It's a curse, that's all it is. Now, don't talk like that, Grover. Where would you be without it? I don't know. But it ought to bring me something I really want. Grubbies, Grover? descends on Act Two, heartbreak comes to Grover Cleveland Douglas of Wapakoneta, Ohio. 
A Grover who disappears to hide his sorrow among the throngs of New York's Broadway with some amazing results to come in Act Three. We return now to Kenneth Banghart speaking for the Ford Motor Company. His topic, the new Lincolns. Today I have definite news about the new post-war cars you've been anticipating for so long. Very soon now, you'll be seeing the first post-war cars from the Ford Motor Company. The first completely new cars in the fine car field. The first 1949 cars in any field. Very soon now, you'll be seeing the two completely new 1949 Lincolns. Yes, there will be two completely new Lincolns. The Lincoln and the Lincoln Cosmopolitan in eight magnificent body styles and two separate price ranges. And in their class, these two new Lincolns will be the finest motor cars that human skill can build. They will have completely new styling with massive modern beauty, a look of strength and fleetness, of quality and craftsmanship. The new Lincolns will have completely new engines, newly designed for new power and performance. They will have new comfort in riding, amazing new roadability, and complete new luxury. The two new 1949 Lincolns, Lincoln and Lincoln Cosmopolitan, will be outstanding cars. So watch your Lincoln dealer's window. Soon you will see cars there that will give you a new idea of what fine automobiles should be. Soon you will see the two completely new 1949 Lincolns, the Lincoln and the Lincoln Cosmopolitan, in two separate price ranges. And when you see these Lincolns, you'll know nothing could be finer or newer. Lincoln. As Act Three opens, Grover is still missing. And his conspirators are conducting a frenzied search for their talented pal all over Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and adjacent territories. Burley has been sent out to do the legwork, while back at headquarters, Eddie and Mr. Donovan are busy on the phone. You sure you didn't see him, Max? His name's Grover. Give him a description. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Max, he's a little guy, brown hair. When last seen was wearing my camel hair overcoat, which is too big on him. Uh, he's the kind of guy who, who buys tickets for the sightseeing buses. Yeah. yeah okay, Max, but if, if you see him, call me right up, huh? Thanks, guy. Yeah. So long. Burley's just got to find him. Yeah, but how do you trace a guy like that, Mr. Donovan? Me now, you'd go down a list of bars and bookies, but Grover. That's him. Good old Burley. I'm back. Oh. Oh, it's you. Don't get carried away by your emotion, Eddie. Hello there, George P. How's the investment business? Excellent, excellent. Where you been for a week? Candling eggs on my sister's farm in New Jersey. How is everybody? What have you been doing? Letting my hair grow long. Is Grover around? Don't you know? Hasn't your sister got any papers or a radio out there? Why, what happened? Is he, is he hurt? Has it been an accident? No, no, he just disappeared yesterday, that's all. Probably got the bright idea from you. Oh, then why give the story to the paper? He has to fulfill that contract he signed with me today. What are you doing, advertising for him? No, that's not it. He made his own news. Here, read for yourself. Where? This story here. Mysterious crying wave hits city. Is that it? That's the one. <laughs> Thousands of pleasure seekers last night suddenly burst into tears for no apparent reason. The wave of weeping began at Times Square when passers-by and theatergoers in the gay entertainment district stopped what they were doing and started to weep. When interviewed later, participants in this demonstration said they didn't know what made them cry. The most common explanation was that the world seemed suddenly very sad and called for tears. That could only be our boy at work. 
The phenomenon was not confined to any one spot, but moved up and down various streets and then appeared to move downtown along 3rd Avenue. Oh, my goodness. Poor Grover, have you looked for him? What are you doing about it? We got one chance left. Burley's out in Staten Island now. What for? Well, that's the last place this crying wave was heard from. <laughs> Seems that the captain of the Staten Island ferry was boiling so hard he missed the dock by 20 yards and ran aground. He must be suffering something awful. Well, if he is, it's your fault. He's been moping around here like a cat in the rain ever since you left. I think we'd better call the police. Come in. I found... Oh, Grover, darling, how are you? Are you all right? You came back to me. I couldn't help it. You okay, Burley? Yeah, he just had a crying jag, that's all. I found him sleeping on a bench out in the Staten Island Station. Well, let's all hurry. I want to catch that next plane. What plane? For the convention. What convention? That's what he signed the contract for. Look, say it all at once. What are you talking about? There's a big political convention in Philadelphia. Starts today. Yes? To nominate a candidate for president. Well, that's Grover's job. He's going to help him nominate... What was his name again, Mr. Donovan? Francis H. Pennyfeather. Mm. An outstanding and capable man. Yeah, that's right. Eh? He was over here the day before yesterday. Very impressive-looking guy. Uh, happy Pennyfeather, the voters call him. I'm sorry, Mr. Donovan. I can't go through with it. But you gave your word to nominate him. But it's not fair. He didn't know what he was signing. Well, I think you can trust me. Mr. Pennyfeather is a completely qualified candidate. He'll make an excellent president. I wouldn't support him if he wasn't. That's not the point. It's not up to Grover to nominate a president. Young woman, the only difference between Grover and the usual forms of influence is that Grover is quicker. Darling, you don't have to go through with You that. keep quiet. I gave my word. But he tricked you. You can't nominate this man Pennyfeather for president. Supposing he's elected. <laughs> What are you trying to do to me, Chief? Hang me? Now, take it easy, Penny Feather. It's all arranged. But how? I've been waiting here all week, and you come in the very last minute. Yeah. Every other candidate's been rounding up delegates, uh, coming to terms with the leaders. Yeah. Every room in the hotel's been one continuous meeting. But nobody knows me. Now, don't worry about it. Uh, not even the bellboys. But what you do? Switch to someone else after you promised me? Now, Penny Feather. Now, please. Please, relax. I promise you, you're going to be the party's candidate for president. But how in the world can you do it? Why, 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 why my own state doesn't know I'm alive. Now, now, I said I'll do it. Now, just leave it to me. But, but I... Go outside to the convention hall, find a seat, sit down, and keep quiet. Uh, uh, all right, Chief. And uh, if you want to keep busy... Yes? Start writing your speech of acceptance. Uh, uh, all right, Chief. Grover, you can come out now. Well, it's stuffy in that closet. I thought I'd pass out. Well, I'm sorry, boys, but the fewer people who know about this, the better. <clears throat> well, uh, the convention is just getting underway. You know what to do. Yes, Mr. Donovan. You won't try to trick me now. I told you I'd use the gift to help nominate. Yes, of course you will. I'm just a little nervous, son. But uh, I want you to know that I'm going to double your fee when he's chosen as the candidate. Well... I'm ready. Give me some spin music, Burley. The old one? The old one. Vote for Francis Happy Pennyfeather. Vote for Pennyfeather. Vote for Francis Happy Pennyfeather. If I'd only had something like this years ago. Oh, look at them out there. A hundred cooked up deals that are going to turn to hash. The delegate from Alabama has the floor. 
You can't come in, Miss Watson. Don't you try to stop me, Mr. George B. Donovan. I'm sorry, Mr. Donovan. I couldn't stop. Grover. Grover, please stop it. You don't know what you're doing. Leave him alone, Billy Lou. Grover. Darling, please stop. I'm sorry, Miss Watson. You'll have to leave Over here. Over your dead body. Eddie, can't you do something? What? Uh, Miss Watson, this is very silly of you. Grover has given his word, and Eddie and I are behind him. Now, if you want to step out, all right, I'll pay you your share. Mr. Donovan, uh, I'm not sure I know you. But I know Eddie and I know his kind. He'd chase a dollar through a tiger cage. And I think you're the same. Hey, G.P., uh, Delaware just voted for me. Six votes. Well, that's fine, Penny Feather. Go back to your seat. Oh, sure, sure. I always was popular in Delaware. Illinois now has four. Mr. Chairman, Fred, Illinois cast 56 votes for Billy Lou Daly. Oh, what? Eddie, the door. Now, Miss Watson, you'll just have to leave. You're disturbing Grover's work. I wouldn't leave in a million years. If this keeps up, I might be the first lady president. Hold it a minute, Burley. Grover, you can't stop now. I need a rest. But you contracted to work right through the convention. I need a rest for a minute. Darling, I want to talk to you. Of course. Will you listen to reason now, Grover? Billy Lou, I want you to leave. What? Because I'm going through with this. I gave my word, and that's all there is to it. Sweetheart, it's wrong, it's wicked, it's unethical. It's all the things you used to talk about. It's my word and $50,000. A hundred thousand. A hundred thousand. Hey, GP, Indiana just voted for someone else. Well, what did you want it to be, unanimous? Well, I just thought... Oh, oh, excuse me. You'd better get back on the job, Grover. In a minute, Mr. Donovan. Is that all you have to say? Yes, except when this is over. Will you marry me and I'll promise never to use the gift again. Ouch! You ethical rat! I wouldn't marry you if you elected yourself president! All the votes of West Virginia for Penny Feather. Wyoming! Wyoming cast six votes for Francis Happy Penny Feather! GP, GP, did you hear that? Wyoming went solid for me. I, I always did have a big following there. You're in, Penny Feather. You went by a mile. Will you have your speech of acceptance ready? Sure, sure, sure. Well, then let's go up there and we'll listen to you deliver it. The proudest moment of your life. The results of the voting 993 votes for Francis H. Penny Feather, 19 votes for John Fuller. Eight votes for William Rand. Will Mr. Pennyfeather come up to the platform, please? Does anybody here know Mr. Pennyfeather? Uh, here I am. Burley. Burley, come here a minute, please. What is it, Grover? We're going back into that room again, and I want you to play like you've never played before. And keep that door locked. Don't let anyone in. What's up, Grover? Now, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Our great party's new candidate for president, 
the people's choice. Francis, happy Featherhead. Not Featherhead, uh, any feather. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, Mr. Chairman, friends, delegates. This is the uh, the proudest moment of my life. I uh, I am fully cognizant of the great honor you have bestowed upon me, and I want to tell you that I that I uh, I want to tell you that I uh, I'm not good enough for it. I uh, I decline the nomination. Uh, I'm just a hack politician and an errand boy for George P. Donovan, and I'm not good enough for it. Grover, where is that Grover? I'll break his neck, that double cross. Take it easy, Mr. Donovan, you'll bust the gas. Grover, where is Grover? That wonderful, wonderful darling. Where is he, Burley? Where is he hiding? He went that away. Burley, old pal of my penny arcade, where is he? I don't know, Billy Louie. Just lit up. I've got to find him. And when I do... Oh, Burley, he's such an unusual man. Will you stop that imitation of a one-man picket line? I'm trying to figure out this third race. That's just too bad about you, Eddie. I'm going crazy with worry. The whole week, anything could have happened to Grover. Did you hear from his old man? His father hasn't heard a word. Well, if you hadn't been such a campfire girl and given that check back to Donovan, you can bet he would have found him. That big-time operator. Hear anything, Burley? Nobody's seen him. The manager just stopped me in the lobby, asked about the rent. Well, maybe we can sell these old boxes of grubbies. Vitamins, you know. Here, Billy Lou, I wangled a container of coffee out of a restaurant where I got connections. You're sweet, Burley, but no thanks. Oh, yeah, I like that. One good horse in a race, and I got to put 130 pounds on yeah. The manager. What do we do? Let him in. Uh, c- come in. Hello, is this... Oh, 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 hey, Hello, Billy Lou. Darling, where have you been? What happened? We've been looking all over town for you. You look so pale. Are you all right? Never better. What's that bandage over your ear? I've been in the naval hospital all this past week. Had my ear operated on. Your ear? What for? Grover, what about the gift? It's gone. Gone? Are you sure? All the way coming down here, I spun around and around, and all I got was winded. Oh, you dumb clock! You know what you did? You went and tossed a million bucks out the window. How do you feel about that, Billy Lou? I think it's wonderful. Oh! Grover, I've been so worried about you all week long. Oh, darling, I was afraid you... Oh, I love you so much. Are you guys nuts? Okay, have fun. Go on, stop and have fun. What are you so happy about? You made yourself into an ordinary guy. You're wrong, Eddie. The gift was a terrible thing. I wasn't just responsible for myself. I was responsible for what I made others do. And how could I be sure that what I did was right? No, Eddie, I'm glad I'm rid of it. No one man should ever have that kind of power. How are you getting a gift again? <laughs> oh, no, no more, thank you. The only gift I want is Billy Lou. Darling. Well... I wish you kids the best of luck, but you can't beat the form shots. Oh. Go. Darling, what's the matter? That clock going tick, 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 tick. There's no clock in here. Well, maybe it's your watch, then. I don't have a watch. Me neither. I hocked mine. Oh, wait. I'll uh, look out in the hall. Maybe there's a clock out there. No, nothing out there. Are you sure you hear it, darling? Honest, I'm not crazy. 
seems to be coming from the window there. Hey, that's it. It's louder now. Well, can't you hear it? A crying... Hey, look! What? That clock up there, the one in the building across the park. You can hear a clock in the building four blocks away? Oh, no, it can't be. You hear anything else, Clover? Street sound. Yeah? What are they like? Automobiles, horns. Uh, wait, wait, there's someone talking. Who? Shh, wait. It's very low. It's, it's a man, and he's saying... Mm-hmm. What's the matter with you? Don't you know you can't park here? And there's another man. Uh, officer, I only stopped to mail a letter. Now the first one. Can't you read? No parking in front of Macy's. Macy's? That's nine blocks away! Grover, darling, you've got another gift. Oh, no, no! Hey, Eddie, do you think we can use this? That's what I'm figuring, Pearlie. The only question is, how? better to be lucky than gifted, but it's convenient to be both. I have it on the word of Lee Bloomgarden, the author, that Grover was lucky enough to marry Billy Lou and gifted with sufficient wisdom to return to Wapakoneta, Ohio, wearing earmuffs. <laughs> Mr. Bloomgarden is a radio writer of long and varied experience, and we'd say a writer whose work holds a considerable promise for the stage and screen. The idea of Grover's gift occurred to him while he was in the Navy as a means of making his officers see things his way. Grover was played by Cliff Carpenter, Billy Lou by Elspeth Eric, Eddie by Carl Eastman, and Burley by Bill Zucker. Next week, The Informer, based on the celebrated motion picture made by John Ford and Dudley Nichols from Liam O'Flaherty's novel of the same name. The Informer is a tragic drama of betrayal, the Judas story in an Irish setting in strife-torn Dublin during the rebellion. We'll be expecting you next Sunday at the Ford Theater. Listen to the informer. Listen to the informer. Listen to the informer. Thank you, Grover. It's a Gift was written for the Ford Theater by Lee Bloomgarden, edited by Howard Teichman with continuity by George Faulkner. The original music was composed and conducted by Lynn Murray. The entire production was under the direction of George Zachary. The other players heard today were Frank Dane, Ivor Francis, Rod Hendrickson, Helen Lewis, and James Van Dyke. Next week, The Informer. The Ford Theater is presented by the Ford Motor Company, makers of Ford, Mercury, and Lincoln cars and Ford trucks, farm tractors, and motor coaches. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.